0: This podcast is part of the Red Five Network. For more Red Five Network podcasts, visit redfive network.com.
1: Do you like sci-fi fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Welcome back to the Science Fictionary Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm here tonight with Marisha. Hello. And David. Hey. And uh, joining us, not for the first time, he did do Lord of the Rings trivia with us, uh, is Adam from From A Certain Point of View Podcast.
0: Hey, thanks for having me
1: on. Yeah, man. Glad you were able to, to join and... Uh, You know, I, I, we wanted to talk a little bit about Lord of the Rings and you were the first name I thought of when I got ready to to talk about it. And, uh, sometimes David doesn't want to say too much when we talk deep lore, especially. Um,
0: yeah, I can understand that. Josh, my co-host kind of the same way, you know, he was, I asked him about this and he's he loves Lord of the Rings, loves it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you get into the deep lore and that type of stuff, and he's kind of <laughs> he's not too familiar with it, so he's a little bit more standoff, you know, about going into the deep lore. So, yeah, uh, I'm going it alone uh, with you guys tonight, and uh, I'm sure Josh sends his regards, uh, but you know, he, he just. He's not—he's not too far. I'm sure once this series comes out, once we start talking about this more, he—he'll get into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, uh, that. but you know, as it stands right now, he's not quite into it. so He wasn't ready for this one. Yeah. Right. Although
2: you did start the Silmarillion, right, David?
3: Yeah, I got a. Um, I was about to say I got—I got past the first little bit, and I took a break.
2: Yeah. Well, you're doing—you're doing Dune, right?
3: I—I I just finished Dune the other day.
1: Nice.
2: Not lighter. Really? <laughs> no, no, not really. No, both <laughs> uh,
3: remind me a lot of the Bible.
2: Yes, very Old Testament like. I've seen,
3: I've seen that's Dune, yeah, Dune yeah. described as the sci-fi Bible. So yeah, but yeah, so I did Dune, and I was like, okay, no, nah, I can't do the Summerillion right now. I just have
1: to do too
2: many. I'm still processing all the Dune.
1: Yeah, Marisha's doing Foundation right now on audio and it's kind of the same way.
2: Oh yeah, a little bit. Um, It's real
1: deep thinking sci-fi.
2: Some of the stories are a little bit more engaging, and some of them are just like very political. Yeah, you know, it's like it's all like politicals and kind of just machination. It's just like, wow, that is just a lot of people sitting around having conversations about, you know, commerce. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm halfway through the third book. Trade so. agreements and whatnot. trade agreements, yes, yes. We we now all know where George Lucas got his love of uh, trade federations yeah. and <laughs> and banking clans. And, it, and it,
1: I mean, and you're not lying. I mean, that kind of stuff that goes on in Dune and in Foundation. I mean, that's you know some of the roots of George Lucas's love of of science fiction. And mm-hmm.
3: um, yeah, I'm noticing. I, I won't go on too long but i now that i've read dune or i listened to it on audiobook uh i now every single thing that i see i'm like that was inspired by dune yep. that yeah that was inspired by dune That well, there's, was inspired by dune well
1: there, there's one major lift directly from foundation parsec uh, is parsec is mm-hmm. uh asimov constantly used parsec as a a, a unit of, of distance.
2: And also blasters, talking about blasters. Yeah. Like occasionally he'll use guns, but he uses guns and blasters interchangeably. In fact, there's also, we have come across a character named Captain Han Pritcher and also <laughs> uh, Bale something or other. I was like, ha-ha. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And that's that's why Star Wars, I mean, you know, it's like I heard somebody once that describes Star Wars as, you know that George Lucas built it with, you know, sort of all of these attachments already built into it. Mm-hmm. Like people loved it because of the familiarity, right. even if they didn't know mm-hmm. where it was coming from. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, let's. Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about. I mean, we're still a ways out. I think they finally announced we're not getting the show uh, until sometime next year. Boom. uh which i think I we all kind of be-
0: like september right
1: yeah like late next year yeah yeah uh, like third quarter so right. uh we still I'm got a good third wait age for a second do what
0: <laughs> i thought you were i thought you were going to say third age for a second third age <laughs>
2: uh,
1: yeah third no age second age <laughs> second
2: age uh
1: second age but that's really what i want to talk about tonight because uh we got this and, and you know it's one of those things like i'm i'm excited for it i'm nervous about it Mm-hmm. It could be a total travesty, and and just throw everything that Tolkien stood for out the window. It could be. I mean, the thing is, is um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Bezos from Amazon is a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do hope that he's the one going. Nope, you got to rein that back. <laughs> um, him or somebody really else, because <laughs> somebody's got to. Because yeah. if not, yeah. they're just going to go wild with it. Mm-hmm. Um. But we got this first image, and it is, I mean, I've just kind of been kind of down about the whole thing with a lot of the stuff that was said by like the one ring dot uh, mm-hmm. a little while back and some of that. And I've just been like, man, I don't even know if I'm excited about it anymore. And uh, and that first image came out, and it mm-hmm. is gorgeous, yeah. Um, I mean, what did y'all think about the image in general? I mean, I, I think the thing that stands out the most is that it's a pre first age. It's an age of the trees. Yeah. Image.
0: Yeah. Those trees kind of stick out.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. no, Cause uh, it's
0: hard for me too. Um, it, it, my first thought was actually, it wasn't the trees. I didn't see that until someone, you know, cause I was, you know, looking at it on my phone real quick and I didn't see the trees right away. Cause right. you know, they're kind of in the back. Well, it looks you know, like a like, sunrise in the light. Yeah which is intentional probably and um i think my first thought was how peter jackson it looked you know yeah and that gave me some confidence you know that it was it, it still feels grounded in that universe you know i i kind of hoping that it is that continuation of how mm-hmm. Peter Jackson interprets these stories. Cause I think that he did have that reverence that you were talking about, you know, that we're hoping doesn't go away here. Right. So I'm hoping that, you know, that carries through as well, you know, just based on this image, but that's kind of the first thing I thought was, you know, it just looks very Peter Jackson.
1: Yeah. Uh, what did you think about it, Dave? Because I actually haven't talked to you about it at all.
3: Um, <clears throat> I, I, of course my initial thoughts are why, high quality and we knew that it was going to be uh, an extremely I mean it's the most expensive show ever so we knew it was going to be well produced at least visually we could kind of speculate on that but this is a nice confirmation on that um, that they're definitely putting that money to use it looks like just that those that beautiful imagery um, it gets me excited it gets me in the feeling of fantasy again mm-hmm. that sort of mood to watch some lord of the rings to get into that kind of thing because i kind of swing around sometimes i'm in a sci-fi mood sometimes fantasy sometimes post-apocalyptic sometimes western like it's all and then i'll i'll get in that mood and then base my entire life around it for a week because (laughs) i'll play western video games and i'll read western books and i'll watch western tv shows and same thing with like sci-fi or fantasy and so this image did a really good job of getting me sort of like, oh, man, I should go play Witcher, you know, like just getting me excited <laughs> yeah. for for fantasy right. and experiencing that world again. And that sort of tone, everything about it was just it was it's perfect.
2: Yeah, it is beautiful. Um, I think the first thing that I said when I looked at it was I don't remember if I said it, it looks like Gondor or it looks like Rivendell. Because it kind of has a little bit of both of those mm-hmm. influences, which I think is is great because, of course, both of those cultures are directly influenced by Valinor, which is clearly where this is. Um, mm-hmm. Which brings us to why are there trees in a TV show about the second age? Right. <laughs>
1: You know, and I so, I mean, and that's the thing, like, you know, we were told, we, we know this is a second age story. Mm-hmm. And I yep. mean, I, I think I've, I think I know, I think we probably all are going to be on the same page as far as what that means for this show. Uh, but it was shocking. I mean, you know, once I realized that was the is I was like, I didn't expect to see anything, you know, pre first age. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect to see anything first age, let alone something right. from you know, the age of the trees. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... I
2: assumed it was a Numenor when I first saw the image before I I realized there were trees there. I was like, oh, Numenor. Okay, that makes sense. Right. And then it was like, wait a second. Nope.
1: (laughs) Um, I mean, what do y'all think they're going for there, Adam? Uh,
0: I I think they're kind of trying to ground you in the idea that this is the, you know, because the trees in that part of the story are really... A part of the struggle between you know, Melkor and mm-hmm. uh, the Eldar. And like, I think they're trying to ground you in the idea that that's where the story is kind of taking place, but it starts back here. And, yeah. I, and so I'm thinking this is like prologue stuff, you know, but mm-hmm. it, yeah, it does directly kind of tie in later into the second stuff. You know, when you get into the war of the rings, you get into Melkor and you get to Sauron, you get to all this other stuff, you know, um, it, it does tie in. And so I think, I think that's where they're starting out here. I I, I I think that's what this is.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm really hoping that what it is is they go full Peter Jackson here and we get a lengthy mm-hmm. prologue, mm-hmm. Uh, because I just I, I love the idea the world of is changing, <laughs> right? Well, and, and, that whole first episode
0: could be prologue. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'd I'd be the great with that. First and episode prologue um, the end, it it. it you know, takes you up to the second age and then you start your story and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, that's the yeah. hook to come back for episode two.
1: But I mean, I, I love the idea. I mean, I think that, that most of us here are really into the lore, uh, or, you know, surrounding the main stories of Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, you know, although the background and, and all of that and, um, but it's, you, you know, that's not your typical, um, lord of the rings fan or middle earth fan that's into that stuff not anymore not you know not it not in 2021 but Mm -hmm. it's i'm really excited about the general tv watching populace being thrown into the Mm -hmm. the deep end of tolkien Mm yeah uh
0: yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it can get overwhelming for sure. I, I think, you know, just kind of looking at some of the high points of the second age, I, I think that'll be easy enough. But you start going back into like the prologue stuff for the first, you know, pre first age and, you know, um, Iluvatar, all that stuff that that'll get that'll get deep. That, that's a lot. That's a lot of stuff yeah. to cover. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, h- how would you feel about them, actually? I mean, one of my favorite things, the the one passage that I will always go back and read from the Silmarillion is the creation story. Oh, it's a beautiful creation story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, I really kind of hope they start there so that we kind of understand, because we're going to deal with, you know, some other, you know, some other beings who have always been right. around in, in right. Middle-earth. And, you know, I, I'd like... A little more delving into at least a a quick background of like where it started and and what led up to the events of the second age. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: Con- concerning valor. <laughs> so, <laughs> start off with the first episode concerning valor. Yeah. Um, right.
1: <laughs>
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: David, as someone who's a little less in, you know, hasn't read as much of The Silmarillion or, or any of that type of stuff, I mean, what would you hope to see in, in a I mean, how would you feel about the whole first episode being a prologue?
3: I mean, personally I, I would I, I'd love it because I'd, I'd love to get a visual visual of, of all that stuff. Uh, I find that, that when I get to see the stuff that I'm reading about it, that can be kind of mind boggling, like the creation story and, and pretty much everything in the Simmerillion, it will really help me wrap my head around it. Mm-hmm. So I know as somebody who has started reading that, that I would love it. I feel like it might be a little much for the general populist but also this show's this show's not getting made for the general public. I mean what person in the general audience asked for this? You know? This is this is clearly for the fans, which kind of makes me feel really reassured about it. Uh the fact that, that you know if they were really just worried about like making money and making a show that is just gonna get that all they're concerned about is getting a ton of view of views and stuff like that. Then there are some easier things that they could make a, a Lord of the Rings show about. Yeah, there's some easier topics they could tackle. Yeah, true, for sure. So if they do a prologue, that would be awesome. I'd love to see that. It would really help me wrap my head around things. Sort of like with Dune. Like I can't wait to see the Dune movie now, just so I can. I feel like my head is not going to be clearly wrapped around what I read until I get to see it. And that's just sort of how my brain works. Yeah. Um, That's why I love like comic books so much because there's that visual with it. Um, So yeah, I would, I would adore that if that was the first episode of the show, like a prologue, the creation story.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm all for it. And you know, when you look back at the Lord of the Rings, that prologue that they opened up with, it's, it's kind of this remarkable thing. Like if you, before that movie, if you said, well, we're going to open up with this really long prologue to give all the background of what's going on. I said, that's not going (laughs) to (laughs) work. Yeah. um, It's one of those things is like it, 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 at face value, it doesn't make sense why that works, but it's, it's done so well. The, the voice yeah. the voiceover is sort of mesmerizing and it it's um they just did a really good job and I really am hoping that um we're fixing to introduce a, a lot of a lot of people are fixing to be joining the ranks of people interested in the histories of Middle Earth. Um I, I foresee an increase of sales in the Silmarillion. If if yeah. they if they do that right.
0: Yeah, I could see that for sure. Um, um i just want to say real quick and you know, going back to you know kind of being nervous about this like if we could go back in time and like the one ring exists before the fellowship comes out you know in, in theaters um there would be stuff back then that we could be worried about too you know very true
1: i mean it, uh, it's some
0: they could you know if if we had found out way back then that this was going to be one movie or you know two movies or whatever it started yeah. out as or uh, you know, Arwen was going to be this warrior elf or whatever. You know that right. type of stuff. Um, we could have been nervous about this stuff back then. You know, those things change, and I hope that that's. I hope that the One Ring was either inaccurate or that was old information. You know, um, because I, I I hope that they get the idea that this is what the fans are kind of looking for. And I know? and In I
1: think they system. I think they have to. I think they've invested yeah. Yeah. like. I think oh, they've yeah. already invested a, way yeah, sure. too much money mm-hmm. to just go completely off the rails with it
0: over a billion dollars right
1: oh yeah I mean that's my yeah. big hope and I mean they I don't remember what the exact budget was it's astronomical um yeah. far and away the most expensive show ever made it's not even close um, now they did there was a talk uh one of the producers was talking about that number a little while back and basically said you know it's like people hear that and people like to report on it, and write articles about it because the big number is sort of sexy, but you know, the truth is, is that season one, we had to build the sets because they're going back. They're doing a lot of practical stuff, which is great. Yep. Um, because that's, I mean, that's really why Lord of the Rings holds up visually is, is all the yep. practical stuff. And, they're so they're doing that. And so she was like, you know, the other seasons will over time absorb the cost of that first season because we have to build everything. And we're building it all now. So uh but yeah, it's still a still an enormous budget. It's they can't just they have to make something that Tolkien fans want to see. Um, so about the image, I I mean, there's not a lot. I mean, we've got a city, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a couple of cities that it could potentially be depending on how they want to do that. Um, the character standing in the foreground though, any thoughts? I mean, it's all speculation at this point and it doesn't even really matter, but, um, I'm, I mean, I am, there is part of me that's curious, like this is the first character we've seen in this new thing. Um, and i don't think they some people are like oh it's probably not even anybody important i'm like i don't think they gave us that first image with out showing a somebody of importance standing there any thoughts be, from yeah. anybody on who that is
0: i mean i've seen a couple of different ideas I, I i i mean i tend to think it's a it's an elf it's a short-haired elf you know because that's one of the other things that uh, one ring reported on i tend to think that maybe that is what that is uh it looks uh, it, it she looks female to me um i i have seen some speculation that uh, it's that it's a male character but i to me i i see female when i look at that but mm-hmm. i don't know i'm assuming gender at this point so. <laughs> any, any thoughts
1: or um i mean like I, I, guess... I mean
2: this this is the season where sauron is appearing as a a benevolent light creature right so that was kind of my thought that, that it might be a a maya or a, a that could be My so. R, right, uh, or or a Valar. Maybe um,
3: it's uh, maybe it's Mephisto.
2: I bet that's it. <laughs> that's the most reasonable <laughs> conclusion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right.
1: Um, so, I mean, like I said, there's not a lot to talk about. It's it's one thing, and we can kind of speculate, but there's yeah. nothing to really speculate about. But uh, kind of the other little question that's kind of floating around because. Currently, it's all Lord of the Rings on Prime. That's just like what they're calling it currently. Any thoughts on, are they going to just call it Lord of the Rings? Or do you think they'll give this a different name?
0: It, I mean, it, I, I think it could be Lord of the Rings, the second age. I mean, yeah. the, the second age is a lot of the stuff dealing with the rings. The right. Creation of the rings yep. and that type of stuff. So, I, can, I, so, I, mean, I mean, you have Sauron. Still, it could be, you know, there's...
1: Right. Well, and I'll
0: watch my mic there. Um, <laughs> it would be still the Lord of the Rings. So, I mean, that title can still fit. Yeah. You know, um, especially in the second age. And I, th- I think the Lord of the Rings with, a, with a, a subtitle of the second age, I think would be, I think would, be, would fit.
1: Yeah. yeah. I tend to think you're right. I think they'll go with something like that. I, I kind of I'm back and forth on that because I'm like, you know, the Lord of the Rings in, in the mythology is a very specific yes. story. Right, right. Right. But it like you said, it, it does work. It's we're still talking about I mean, that's the mm-hmm. the most central elements of or the kind of the culmination of the second age all centers around the rings. Yeah. Right. Right.
2: Oh uh, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of ring lore happening in the second age. Yeah. Um and, and lots think, of fighting over, you know, the rings mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. you know, I honestly kind of hoped we would go more silmarils than rings. Um, with this story, but rings are more familiar. And yeah, it, and I yeah. think that's what it's all
1: about right now. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. they're investing so much in this. There's, it's not going to surprise me if a couple of seasons into this, they start announcing. in if it's working, that they don't start announcing spinoffs. Yeah, to explore certain like smaller areas. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think that Lord of the Rings. It's familiar. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And if they title yeah, yeah. it Middle Earth, right, the so. second age, you know, not nearly the same for the casual fan again, you know. Yeah.
1: David, any thoughts? Um, I got to be honest.
3: No.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. They, sh- um, they
3: should call it. They should call it Lord of the Rings. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York.
2: <laughs> Again, that seems like the most reasonable <laughs> conclusion here. Mm-hmm.
3: I, that That's just, I was listening to some of our old podcasts today, and that's what we had speculated the name of the next Spider-Man movie was going to be. So <laughs> uh, That's why that's on my mind.
2: That's funny. <laughs> we were almost right. I mean, that that's, home. In it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's practically the same thing, right?
1: Next up, I, we've got it seems like trailers are just
2: thick and fast.
1: We're getting, at the movie you can tell that, that movies, the movies that Hollywood and the theater things are cranking back up and uh um, except for Spider-Man. <laughs> except for, for Spider-Man, Spider-Man. <laughs> but I got to think that they're still like yeah. trying to figure out
0: yeah,
1: they're serious. they're they're advertising all of these movies in such a short yeah. window. Like, how do you do it and maximize your coverage without them stepping all over each other? I have
3: no doubt that a trailer is made.
1: And and Spider Man, the the biggest superhero franchise in the world, like, it doesn't need as much of a tease as these others, but I am ready to see the trailer. But I was looking today, like, we have Shang-Chi on September 3rd, Foundation comes out on September 24th. Dune on October twenty second, the Eternals on November fifth, and Spider Man on December seventeenth.
2: We're gonna be spending a lot of money this
1: winter. <laughs> I mean, some of that's TV stuff, but I mean that's
2: on streaming services we don't currently have. So again, a lot <laughs> of money.
1: <laughs> but I mean, still, like in, in looking at those, I mean, they're every one of those. Well, of course, we haven't seen anything from Spider Man, but the the just the cinematic quality. Of those films, Mm -hmm. just like, I mean, everything I'm hearing about Shang-Chi is that it's a game changer uh, visually in the MCU.
2: Yeah, I'm super excited about it.
1: And and people that have already seen Shang-Chi were like, my mind was blown and then I watched that Eternals trailer this morning and now my mind's blown all over again. Um,
0: I think that's the thing that has is exciting me the most so far about Shang Chi is the reaction that I'm hearing coming out of the you know early screening so far. It's mm-hmm. like overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, uh, like people are saying that you know Marvel has another. Um, I, I forget exactly how they put it, but I mean, box office smash on their hands. It's mm-hmm. like, a, <laughs> how can they keep doing that? But I mean, that's what has me most excited is that people are really gravitating towards this new yeah. character so, yeah does I mean he's going to be around for a little bit
2: yeah yeah but well and they keep finding genres to to work with that, that, that work yeah. within the context of of the MCU you know and anytime you're hearing people compare a martial arts movie favorably to Crouching Tiger hidden Dragon I mean there's not much more to say as you know when it comes to martial arts movies right Yeah. well
1: you know and I'm hearing a lot of stuff I mean John Campia was saying that as far as the martial arts aspect of it that it's the best stuff since the raid which is you know the movie's the movie's okay the martial arts in that are insane Um, so I'm I mean the early reactions just have me I mean I was already excited this was the one I was really excited about in this new slate of unknowns uh uh but, I mean, like, now my my expectations are very high <laughs> currently.
2: Yeah. The only thing about Shang-Chi that makes me sad is I really wanted to see Daniel Wu show up in, like, you know, something big I, like I this. Mean, this,
1: this the, the, they're going to announce a sequel to this one so fast. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, if it's as big as it's shaping up, and I don't know that it's going to make a, you know, I don't. I don't know what the money at the box office is going to look like. Things mm-hmm. are still kind of crazy. You know, some states are starting to lock yeah. back down, and um, theaters are theaters seem determined to keep running through it this time. I so, think they have to. I know? think I do. I I think I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Um, but just kind of that last the the last couple. I mean, we've got the last big full length trailer, and then we're seeing TV spots now. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are some of y'all's favorite things you're seeing in the trailers?
0: I, I think, you know, not just the, not just the martial arts, I, I, I but I think the mix of sci-fi in there too, yeah. you know, with, the, mm-hmm. with how these rings work and it's very intriguing. Um, there's that, f- uh, familial storyline that's, that's, mm-hmm. you know, coming out there with his father and all that stuff. So, you know, for me, I think it's those two things that, you know, the, because I'm not usually huge on martial arts movies, but you, you throw that sci-fi stuff in there, you throw that family stuff in there and you got me hook, Uh line and sinker. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I'm loving the look of the world. It's very, you've got some sci-fi elements, but also some very heavy fantasy elements. It looks like. And, um, David, what about you? I mean, what are you liking about what you're seeing? Or are you?
3: I'm, I'm loving what we're seeing. It, it looks like Marvel still has more tricks up their sleeve and they keep surprising us. And well, I'm I'm sure for many people, they're not surprised anymore. when Marvel has something good, but they keep mm-hmm. every time I think that I'm like, I don't know. I think it's kind of cut. Nope. They they're hitting hard and they're, mm-hmm. they're putting out really cool looking stuff and really cool ideas. And I, I've always wanted the X-Men and the fantastic four to be in the MCU. But I think it's kind of like a blessing in disguise that they weren't, because because of the lack of X Men and Fantastic Four, we're able to get things like Shang Chi and Mm -hmm. the other more obscure stuff uh, that we we probably never would have gotten a Guardians of the Galaxy movie if we had X Men, right? You know, right? So Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, there's a number of them. Shang Chi, Eternals. Eternals. I mean, you probably don't ever explore those. If you've got the the X-Men in particular. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah. And it's really cool because it's exploring this branch and we're really opening up. You know, a big thing where people were saying, like, how do you go bigger after Thanos? Well, the, the, the answer is you don't necessarily go bigger. You just shift gears and check out all these different corners of Marvel, like the mystical. All we've really done is tackle space. Right. When it comes to like big overarching right. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just some of space. There's still like this huge branch of this mystical magic stuff that we're gonna be getting a lot more of. And even though Doctor Strange is magic, he's kind of been more involved with like dimensional and like space stuff. And that sort of mm-hmm. looks like what it's gonna continue to be, while Shang Chi is really gonna go into like the mystical yeah. magic side of, of stuff.
1: Yeah, and we're I and I, I think that that's great and I think we're Between Shang Chi and Eternals, we're really opening up the playbook to all sorts of new crazy stuff in the MCU. But uh, Adam, I know you've got to uh, to get over to your channel for some stuff. And uh,
0: yeah, we're having a little watch party in our Discord server tonight. Awesome, and a bad batch and uh, what if.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, if we finish up here in time, I'll, I'll join y'all over there, but, uh, awesome. thank you so much for, uh, for joining us. If you've got a second, uh, let everybody know real quick where they can find you.
0: Yeah. Best place to find us is at the website, uh, from a certain point of view.com. Uh, there takes you to everything socials, episodes, all the good stuff, uh, discord server. Like I just mentioned, we have a pretty cool uh, discord community uh, growing over there. So, um, free Discord free discord server so you hop in if, if if you want to and hang out with us uh but yeah from a certain point of view.com is, is a great place to find out everything we're up to um this month we're doing aliens in august and i know um you know uh, this week's episode is going to be uh signs and uh, uh arrival the amy adams movie and yeah. you guys are joining us for that uh, so can't wait to record with you on, you know, for this week's show. Uh, we're having a blast with aliens in August and just you know, kind of checking out our favorite alien movies. So,
1: Awesome. Excellent. Well, thanks again for joining us, man. Uh, it was great. I and uh, I'm looking forward to recording with y'all later this week.
0: Sounds good. <laughs> Bye. All right, uh, talk to you guys later. All right,
1: man. Have a good night. Just kind of picking up where we were. I mean, Marisha, I mean, what are you thinking about Shang-Chi? I mean, you know, other than the fact that. Uh, Daniel Wu is not in it.
2: Alas, makes me sad. No, I I actually, so when they first, and I hate to always bring it back to this, but when they first announced Mulan, they were like, and it's going to be, you know, a martial arts movie. And it's going to be this. And I was like, Ooh, that's so exciting. Something kind of unique. And, I, I enjoy martial arts movies if they're really well done. I, I don't just sit around and watch Kung Fu movies just for the fun of it. But, you know, an occasional martial arts movie, especially if it's really well done, is just super engaging. And so um, it looks like this is going to kind of be that thing. It's a martial arts movie, but it's sort of a genre, yeah. uh, m- m- you know, film at, at the same time, right? Well, the well, genre Camp- being Marvel.
1: Right. And Campia kind of described it as a... Martial arts movie with a Shakespearean tragedy family story.
2: Yeah, and I mean, what's not to love about family drama, and you know, pretty pretty fights. Yeah, and you know, bonus points for a good story.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like it's going to be a ton of fun, and uh, I'm I'm anxious to see where they go as far as opening up. Mm-hmm. Um, the the mystical side of, yeah. of of marvel
2: um i did notice that ben kingsley was at the premiere he's not just at the premiere he's in, all,
1: he's in the cast photos on the carpet so ben kingsley is in this movie oh. i don't know in what capacity but he's in it
2: that's awesome
3: yeah i that's so cool that they're finally calling back to that uh hail the king or what was it what was it the name of that one shot
1: you know I, I, think, I know i don't remember what they called that
3: it was something it was something along the lines of like hail the king or all hail the king or something like that
1: mm.
3: but um yeah that's good that's really cool that they're really they're circling around on that which I, I guarantee you they had no intention of doing whenever they made that one shot Like they had no idea that they were making a shang chi movie but right. here we are right and really cool
1: all right so let's switch gears a little bit and talk about that eternals trailer that dropped at two o'clock this morning wow that it, was completely unexpected for me it dropped at two o'clock while i was still wrapping up working for the night and so i'm on twitter going is you know in all my chat rooms going is anybody still awake <laughs> like i want to talk <laughs> about this trailer but everybody's asleep even roe was sleeping even roe was it sleeping. it must have been late yeah, it was like two thirty by the time I posted in the chat. So Roe was asleep. Uh you know
2: Nick was asleep. Nick was asleep. Hmm. Alas. <laughs> uh so what did you think, David?
3: I mean this I've I've been dogging on Eternals this whole time since it's been announced, but I this movie looks freaking awesome. Yeah. This looks epic to me. Yeah. There's a lot that I like about it. You know what? It's kind of giving me the vibes of. So you know what? I thought the best part of um, the Snyder Cut was for me that huge Amazon battle, like everything that was yeah. happening
2: yeah.
3: Uh, on the mascara. This mm-hmm. is giving me those vibes. Yep. Yeah. Which I really like. I think all the actors look incredible. Richard Madden is. Is, is gonna be a star after this yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really that's his name right Richard yes, mm-hmm. yes. God, yeah, yeah he's gonna be a star and i'm really excited for that you know i've loved him ever since game of thrones um uh you know when reading or listening to dune i actually was like even though i've seen i know that Timiley, T- timothy timothy Shou- shout shout whatever his last name is is um playing Paul, but for some reason I had it in my head that it was Richard Madden. Like, just something about the character Mm. made me think of him. I just really like Richard Madden a lot. I've wanted to see him in the MCU for a long time. Ever since he was on Game of Thrones, I've been, like, thinking, like, oh, he could play this character, this character, this character. So it is so awesome to get to see the star in this, and I hope he gets to do more after this. He looks incredible. Everybody does. Mm -hmm. It just looks so cool. It, it looks like they're, they're actually going to, like... A big joke has been that the Eternals, like, didn't care when Thanos attacked. Mm-hmm. Stuff right. like that. And it looks like it actually... They're going to make it make sense... Yeah. As to why they are now coming out of, of hiding.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
3: There's just a lot that I'm liking about this.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, I really like the whole thing they're doing. Because, you know, the question... You know they, you know they they answer the question in the trailer. It's like why, mm-hmm. you know, why have you done nothing mm-hmm. uh, through all these events? And it's like, you know, because we were told not to. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you know, it, it's like by who? And it immediately cuts to that shot of a celestial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which like, looks so cool. Yeah. Yeah, we actually see. I don't know if we see. I don't know, there's two Celestials or at least two shots of a Celestial, but it looks to me like two different Celestials that we're going to see Yeah, that we saw in that trailer.
3: I think it's going to be two different Celestials, and I love that they're doing that. Celestials give me this sort of like Lovecraftian horror type vibe of just these gods that their motives are beyond our understanding -hmm. And we just can't even comprehend them, and they're just these huge things. Like these celestials are super cool to me, in the same way that Galactus is like just this larger than life, huge humanoid thing that our puny human minds cannot even comprehend. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's going to be awesome to see. They are. Really putting their all into this, uh, they they are banking on Eternals,
1: and they are. I mean, and I,
3: I think that that's really interesting that they have that much faith in a franchise like this.
1: Well, and that was the thing, you know, they went out and they got like this big up and coming director, yep, and who was won awards last year, and
2: but Hatton when they hired her,
1: but Hatton when they hired her, but they they knew what they were dealing with, yeah.
2: You but me and that but that's cast, the when you saying... saw that cast list, when they announced this movie and you saw the cast list and you went, man, like mm-hmm. they're really, they're pouring some real money into this, just assembling the cast that they assembled. Because they've historically gone for much smaller names with the exception of Robert Downey Jr., yeah. you know, or Samuel L. Jackson, but... Not a cast where every single, yeah. you know, every single name is a household name. I mean, Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden. Um, well, I mean, you know, just to got,
1: have Angelina Jolie and Selma Hayek like in
2: the
3: 25% same movie five percent of their budget. Yeah.
2: Right. Um, and and not to mention, um, oh, Jon Snow, whose name is Kit F- Harrington. Kit Harington. Yeah. Kit
3: Harrington.
2: Um, and I'm really excited to see. Um, Gemma Chan, that's her name, right?
1: I'm not sure. I think so. Let me check but out. It, Let me it's, check out. they went all out. And, and mm-hmm. then I appreciate, you know, the, the actors themselves have kind of gone all out. Um, I mean, there was like, you know, talk of, I mean, Angelina Jolie was out there taking ballet courses to look more graceful mm-hmm. as this character. Yeah. Um, I mean... You know they're they're doing things that they didn't have to do.
2: Well, and the and she the she's at the point in her career where she doesn't really do anything these days unless she wants to. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's the last thing she did, in Maleficent.
1: Possibly, she she might have been in some stuff since, but not not in much.
2: Um. So you know the fact that and and it's just it's it's an exciting cast and, you know, you know that they're going to. Bring ex- an excellent performance, and that's just yeah.
1: That's going to be interesting because they've still, I mean, they're again, they're introducing us to a whole bunch of brand new characters and uh characters with some skill sets that we haven't seen really in the MCU. So, yet.
2: is Icarus basically just Superman, David?
3: Um, pretty much from my understanding, you know.
2: Well, I mean, strong. including the glowing eyes and the the laser eye thing. Well,
1: right. And so I think that there's a um, the real catch there is, and I think where this stems, and David probably knows more about this than I do, but Jack Kirby was writing, he created the New Gods. He he, he yeah. started writing the New Gods comic over at DC. He'd been at Marvel, went to DC, was doing the New Gods, and they canceled the book before it was finished, uh, or the yeah. series. Mm-hmm. And he ended up going back to Marvel and kind of wanted to keep doing his new God story. so he created the eternals. That's great. So yeah. I think you um, kind of see some much. of those characters from some of the power sets from some of those DC characters mirrored right over here. Um, I think y- the stories are yes. relatively familiar uh, similar.
2: Oh and we can't forget Gilgamesh. We've got Gilgamesh in there. I mean if if you're a ancient, you know, mythology nerd, like you've got Icarus and you've got Gilgamesh, like I'm sold.
1: Well, I mean, that's the thing. These <laughs> these characters are they almost they they really mirror the Greek gods. Mhm. Um some of the Greek gods. I mean, you've got Thena Right. I mean, she's. And it's yeah. and I know there's a lot of history in the comics between the Eternals and the Olympians. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, the Eternals are practically on par with them. Um, they're basically just straight up gods. Because, yeah, you're right. They were the new gods. Uh, that is 100% what happened. Jack Kirby invented the new gods, then went over to Marvel and pretty much did the same thing again. Um, and that's just that's with a lot of characters in Marvel actually it was right uh Jack Kirby doing stuff like that so yeah I think it's fair to compare like Icarus to a Superman
2: mm-hmm.
3: type it's de- definitely that archetype archetype for sure mm-hmm. um you know when you think with a lot of powers especially when you start dealing with gods and stuff like this it's hard to describe their powers because their power is, they're powerful you know what i mean
2: right superhuman has many powers right you
3: know like and yeah he's shooting he can shoot laser beams and stuff out of his eyes um and a lot of the other characters it's kind of just like i feel like there's going to be a lot of like he's powerful you know
2: yeah Mm -hmm. it may not be the same as like the Avengers or the X-Men where it's like, and he flies and she controls things with yeah, her no, mind. These, these and, people
1: are going to all be super powerful. Yeah. Right. Um, and the, the interesting thing is going to be to see how they handle these characters going forward in the mm-hmm. MCU. How do they interact with, with our other characters?
2: Honestly, though, I think for characters like that, especially if you have several of them, like them having some sort of prohibition on interacting with humans is the only way to continue to tell good stories consistently. Yeah. Otherwise, like, the only person who can hang with them at all are, what, Thor and Captain Marvel? Right. But Like, if you I keep mean, up what good and, is an Iron Man in, in, you know, against I, a god?
1: I, maybe, but again, like, you know, I think you always go back to... I I always come back to what Stan Lee said. Like, you know, if these two fight who wins? And he's like whichever one you need to win. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's and and Iron Man is one of those that at times in the comics has been one of the most immensely powerful characters. Yeah. Uh so I I think that you can still have them interact. It may be that when the Eternals are there, maybe they're not all there, mm-hmm. or maybe they, you just don't quite abuse their level of power mm-hmm. the same way. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that if we're really opening up the 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 you know the toy box here and and bringing in a lot more cosmic threats, then then maybe you do use them more. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see where they're going with that. But this mu this movie is the the shots they've shown us are stunning. Mm-hmm. It is a beautiful beautiful film. Um, I, you know, way before we saw the first image from it, Kevin Feige was saying that this was their Oscar bait film. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and everybody kind of laughed. And I, 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 you know, I think he was serious. <laughs> I uh, think so um it just it has that feel um it's got you know the music they've given us is, is beautiful the the scenes are beautiful the it's i'm intrigued like I, I i was i was always okay with the idea of this movie but i've i'm so much more intrigued now than than i have been at any other point
2: point. and that's what trailers are for yeah
1: And And I I think it was, you know, and like I'm going to be joking about it forever, but yeah. Well, it's one of those. It's just like you know, like you said earlier, if we had the X Men already, Mm -hmm. this movie would have never happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So I'm. I'm actually, and I and I hope that the six. If these movies are successful and and reach that critical acclaim then maybe maybe even with the X Men in their back pocket, maybe they still continue to go mm-hmm. to the to the well for some of these lesser known yeah. characters. I mean I'm still wanting to see the Olympians and we do know that um or at least we have speculation that Zeus is showing up in, I don't even remember
3: in Thor. What? Thor yeah, it's okay. uh, Russell Crowe.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm really really excited, uh, way more excited than I was previously. I mean, the first trailer you watched it and you went, "It's pretty," but I've been I've been fooled by pretty movies before.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just something about this idea of the Eternals that it just really really intrigues me and that I'm gravitating towards. This I love the visual of these godlike people wearing like regular civilian clothes and living on earth. There's something really cool about that to me that I really enjoy in stories. And it's something that I find relatable, like, you know, fish out of water and now they're living on earth. And it's, and I enjoy seeing these God, like beings living sort of like normal people. Cause it, it, it sort of also fulfills that power fantasy of like, maybe I'm, Secretly a god, you know, like, right, yeah, there's something really relatable and interesting about that, and really fun to see, yeah. That I that I that that's probably what has me most excited to see this movie. And I hope we get to see a lot of that. And from the trailers, it looks like it is going to be a lot of them like sitting around and like hanging out Mm -hmm. and like talking,
2: like around their IKEA table. (laughs)
3: With fr- at their Ikea table with friends and like yeah. they're just wearing some normal clothes. Like There's something about that that's just super, super cool to me
2: mm-hmm.
3: that I love in storytelling.
2: You know, and I think that that is another you We know, and we talk about this a lot when we talk about Star Wars. But I think that that specific trope, the immortal being who, you know, lives with humanity and, and at least passes for a normal person sometimes is such a, an innate um, human kind of story. You know, it's it's the most frequently told, you know, religious trope. You know, you have um, all kinds of different religions have stories about these either uh, gods or, you know, demigods uh, or, you know, some some type of immortal being who, for whatever reason... Um, lives on earth and thinks they're a normal person or acts like a normal person or everyone around them thinks is thinks that they're a normal person. you know, and I think that that's a very appealing, a very, a very appealing story. Uh, and I think that that's one that we haven't really touched on um, yet in in Marvel. And I think that it's I think it's high time and I think I think that that is, one of the most basic the most universally attractive stories that people tell so i'm excited to see uh marvel put their spin on it
1: yeah um no that one that one's very very exciting um so things still to touch on, uh, real quick, we had a couple of little light things. Um, I did want to mention the Orville Season 3 finally wrapped shooting after two years. About darn time. Well, you know, they kept getting hit with COVID stoppages. Uh, mm-hmm. The studio changed hands from Fox to Disney. Mm-hmm. They found out they were moving to Hulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It's been this whole big thing, but... I know that the guys. I know they had a good, you know, better budget again to to keep improving things Mm -hmm. on the visual side, and um, so I'm I'm really excited excited about about that one. There's really not much to say about it, but it's pretty big that they did push through. It would have been real easy for them to have uh, just walked away from that one altogether. Yeah, it could have happened. I mean. Mm -hmm. but so i'm glad they went ahead and and pushed through and did season three yeah uh the other little piece of news uh, we got an announcement i think this actually dropped this afternoon while i was writing my notes riri williams ironheart is going to make her first appearance in wakanda forever before she has her tv show
3: and i wonder if she's gonna be wakandan
1: i that's possible I think that it's something else. And what I think they're doing, you remember they were building they were building stuff in Oakland, California.
3: Oh, you're right.
1: You know, That's learning true. centers they, and they stuff. They opened
3: up. Yeah, and that makes perfect sense, actually, now that I think about it, now that you point that out. That makes perfect sense. You know, Wakanda's been opening up to the world. I could see them doing a thing where, like, they have, like, young, like, like college students come there and, like, study science and stuff there, you know. Um, so that probably is how she's connected, which I think is a good idea.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, they had to have some way, you know. I, I think that one of the problems people had with the comics, I haven't read them, uh, just kind of looking at people's opinions of the comics, it seemed to me that a lot of people didn't love how she came by. The technology.
3: She was pretty. She was pretty forced into. It was. It was pretty shoehorned.
1: Yeah. So I think if she's been studying Wakandan tech, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think you know some of these things help this make more sense. So uh, yeah, I am excited about that. I am a little surprised. I kind of thought, knowing that they're kind of angling towards some young Avengers type stuff. Uh, at least giving the appearance that that's what they're doing. I'm a little surprised that they went with didn't go with someone younger. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's
3: what I thought they were going to be. Because what I had expected.
1: Well, I think in the comic she's like 15, correct?
3: Yeah, she's she's real young. And
1: I and I could still play her younger than she is, but I, you know, the actress is in her early 20s. Hmm.
2: Yeah, but yeah. they have 20-somethings play 15-year-olds all the time. That's fairly normal. They do, but a
1: lot of times when you do that, it's, you, you need someone that at least looks that way. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, you can do it at like uh, the first Spider-Man movie.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, and you look at, uh, oh, what's his name? Tom Holland. No, the bully. The, the first, like, uh-huh. uh, the very first Spider-Man. Oh, uh, uh,
3: with- Joe something with an M.
1: Um, Joe Manganiello is playing the villain. It's like, he looks... He's supposed to be a high school student. It's like, yeah, that dude's like 30. (laughs) Yeah,
3: pretty Um, much everybody in that movie, to be honest.
1: Yeah, and so, like, they could be playing her younger than she actually is, but um, I don't know. I guess it depends on what they're going for. We don't know what they're going for with the character yet, and um, as we mentioned previously, I think they... Not the most beloved of... Comic book characters, um, but not one with a deep, decades-old history. It's a it's a story that they can rewrite and make their own. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: so they know what people didn't like. So they do have the opportunity here to recreate this character into mm-hmm. something that might be more appealing to yeah. a larger group of people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. But I just thought that was interesting uh, that that they're going for Wakanda forever for that first appearance. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of the last thing, that really kind of does it for my notes, but I know Marisha's been listening to Foundation. It's been a very long time. I I have read Foundation a long time ago and I need to read it again before I get too deep into this show. Mm -hmm. But um, the new trailer dropped. Yeah. Today. And like all this is pretty fresh on your mind. Yes. And so I wanted to see how you reacted to this trailer.
2: So the thing that threw me a little bit with Foundation, because I actually saw the trailer before I started, the first trailer before I started reading the books. And I've read Asimov before, so I should have been prepared for the series of seemingly unrelated vignettes, groups of people. And then, you know, kind of, they have their little drama and then like the next section is like a completely different group of people. And they reference back to the previous drama, but you like have to like learn a whole new group of, you know, people and events with every, every story um, of which there, there are pretty much two stories in each book. So, the first one deals with Harry Seldon, who is going to be kind of the linchpin for the entire series. Basically, Foundation all the whole series harkens back to what they're talking about in this trailer, which is his predictions of impending doom. Uh, what he claims to be his scientifically, numerically provable visions of the future. Uh, not visions, but predictions about the future. And I'm not going to lie, the first story, which is the one that deals with Harry Seldon, in itself is a little underwhelming Um Asimov isn't always the best about like well-rounded characters. No. His characters are basically there to serve a function. It's like a historian he talks about people. He writes these real
1: broad-scope stories. Yes, and- where you're more interested in the world that he's created than you really ever get in any of his characters.
2: Well, and he frames his novels as encyclopedia entries. More than a novel. So, yeah. it, you know, they say they always say that books are about what people think and feel and movies or what about people's or, or about what people say and do. Asimov is about what people say and do. Yeah. Like very, very little internal dialogue going. You pretty much have to follow what people are saying. And if there's any subtext, you have to pick it up in what they're saying and in their actions. But it really looks like they are rounding out this, for lack of a better word, this foundation of the foundation story a lot more than than the books do. So they really seem to be rounding out Selden's character and the people around him. Uh, the emperor, Like the emperors in, in the books are just sort of like name-dropped. Yeah. Um, we only really ever hear any details about one of them only ever interact with one of them. And this it's in a much later story. So I think that they're really creating a much more, you know, because like the whole story is like, and the empire is going to fall. Right. Right. But there, there are really no stakes in the books for what the empire is. It reads
1: like a, it reads like a history book. Right. And it's kind of, this already happened.
2: Exactly, kind of well, thing,
1: and so we're kind of want to be in the middle of the happening,
2: right? It's like it's like Assyria fell, okay, but we have no. Most people have very little context for Assyria, like, you know, what what did they do? What, what was important about their culture, about their society? What was, you know, they they were important, but most people don't know why, yeah. and that's sort of how the empire is painted in in the books and it looks like the show is really going to fill that story out in a much larger way and I think that the cost of the empire falling is going to be much more visible in yeah. the series than it was in the books which I think is important for a TV show that you want people to emotionally invest in you have to create stakes and i think that they're i mean it looks like they're doing a good job of that no
1: it does and and i was going to say and i think i said this to you before we recorded like you know because of how dense asimov re- reading asimov is like i said it's like reading a history book a lot of times mm-hmm. um or maybe even more boring like you said an encyclopedia and it it's um it it was at real danger of and and it still is But I think they're filling it out with the drama and the, and looks like they're throwing in a lot of action to fill some gaps of Mm -hmm. kind of like. And some personal stories. And some personal stories. And because this was always going to be a fantastic story to be told. Right. But it was all, and and it was going to be beautiful because they're investing the money to make it the beautiful movie or the beautiful show that it needed to be. But it was always a risk that it could just
2: be boring. Right. You saw the first foundation trailer, didn't you, David?
3: Uh, I don't if I did, I don't
2: remember it. Okay. Well, I was going to throw out there, what do you think of somebody who has completely unfamiliar but
1: Yeah, watch that trailer when you get a chance. So I am curious what you have what you think about it. Um it's going to be I mean, you know, you're talking, yeah, you know, when you talk Asimov, you're talking one of the most important figureheads of science fiction writing. Absolutely. Um, And it's really cool that like all of a sudden, like all at once we're getting all of these shows and movies that come from those people, the people who created the foundations of what sci-fi is. I mean, were there anything in particular you liked about the trailer? I love some of the visuals. Uh, There's a couple of shots that look to be totally unrelated to Foundation. There's a shot of the the character with the gun across her back and kind of the Mm -hmm. half cape. It looks like a shot out of Destiny, the the video game Destiny. I mean, like, if you took that shot, you could go and, like, make a live-action Destiny poster and trick people. People would believe
2: it. Absolutely. It, I mean, it's clearly going to be beautiful. And now something else they're doing that's completely new is the whole clone emperor thing they've got going on. Uh, this genetic dynasty that stretches back, what, a thousand years uh, that they referenced in the first trailer? Yeah. That's completely new. And it's interesting. And honestly, I'm not going to lie, Lee Pace. I- I think they're always brings it.
1: They're kind of borrowing some stuff from some of Asimov's other writings, I think. Okay. Um, When Asimov wrote, like he wrote all these different books, but there's some overlap in some of the stuff he wrote. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think some of what they're doing may be borrowing from other stuff
2: of the time.
1: I have returned.
2: You have returned. What'd you think?
1: It
3: looks pretty dope. Uh, It looks like I'm getting Dune vibes.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. It's kind of wild that we're getting. I hope all of these movies are amazing, as far because visually they're all amazing. With Shang Chi,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, Dune. Foundation, Dune, Eternals. Eternals. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my gosh! Like <laughs>
2: it's gonna be the year for pretty. Pretty entertainment.
1: I mean, the award season when it comes around to these should be interesting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because uh, I think these are some movies that don't necessarily normally from genres that don't necessarily normally compete for
2: awards mm-hmm.
1: that are gonna you're not gonna be able to ignore.
2: Yeah, I think so. So, as somebody who's coming to Foundation completely unspoiled in the spoiler sense. What, what are your initial thoughts, David?
3: I really like the tone of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, it just looks like a really good, cool sci-fi story. It makes me want to go play Mass Effect, which I always think is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was saying earlier, when I saw that Lord of the Rings picture, I wanted to go play Witcher. So it's... Um, I think those are good things when it kind of gets me yeah. in the mood.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, it's on Apple TV. I don't know if I'll watch it. Um, to be, I'm just going to be honest. I don't know if I'll watch it unless... If I do, it'll be like many months from now when I finally get around to it and I'll be yeah. obsessed with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it looks really good. It, it looks like a really dense story, my kind of story, Mm
2: -hmm. you know,
3: you you know, I love stuff that's like very heavily um, dealing with all these different, different players of this, of this story Mm -hmm. and a lot of intricate um, relationships and uh, storylines kind of interweaving and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of stuff that I like in storytelling. And it looks like that kind of tone so there's a lot that I liked about that trailer and a lot that I think I'd like about the show.
2: Yeah. Lee Pace is like the quintessential megalomaniac at this point. in <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: the Accuser and... Uh, yeah.
2: uh, uh, Thranduil in yeah. uh, Lord of the Rings, right. man. Yeah, he, he, he owned uh, King of the Greenwood there. So we're working on uh, this... First
1: inaugural edition of the Parsec Fan Awards. Nominations are in, and any time in the next day or two, you should see a a way for you to go vote on those nominees um, as we prepare for a final show where we will tell you the winners. So uh, we definitely want you to get involved, participate, and we're really hoping that this will be something that we can jump right into and start planning for next year. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Science Fictionary Podcast. Um, Marisha, until next time, where can people find you?
2: You can find me on my Instagram. I am princesses underscore And underscore Padawans. Um, My website is princessesandpadawans.com, which I really am going to have to update because I just put it on my, like, about me information when I filled out a whole bunch of uh, paperwork for the Mississippi film crew. So I should put something up there so there will be something if, you know, potential people want to go hire me to please hire me to work on your movie. If you're making a movie in Mississippi, I can sew. Um, I'm also ppadawans on Twitter. And that's me.
1: All right, David, where can people find you?
3: You guys can find me on Twitter at David underscore JG Peoples complaining about wrestling. Perfect. And other things.
2: And I was mad at
3: Hulu last week. Who knows what I'll be mad at this week.
2: Tune in. Tune in for, for, to find a help. For more indignation. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you can
1: find me running the Twitter account for this show at Sci underscore Fictionary. You can find our other show, course, not Radio Underground, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can always drop us a line at the fictionary at gmail.com. And until next time. May the force be with you.